there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you love coffee and you're interested in breaking into the coffee industry, then this is the episode for you because my next guest transformed his small family business in the coffee industry into a global market leader with customers in over 70 countries. But before I introduce you to Josh Dick, I want to make sure you've signed up to get a free copy of the Just Brew It ebook with amazing career advice from some of the rock star professionals who've been guests on T4C, including NPR journalists and podcaster Guy Raz and Dr. Janet Yellen, the former chairwoman of the Federal Reserve Bank. And it is super easy to do. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at Time the number four, coffee.org, and you'll see the sign-up box right there on the homepage. Now, my entrepreneurial espresso lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Josh Dick, the former CEO and chairman of the board of Your Next Brands, a small family business established by Josh's great-grandfather in 1936, which Josh took over running in 2003 and transformed into a global market leader in the coffee industry with customers in over 70 countries and distribution facilities on three continents. Over the 15 years that Josh was at the helm of Your Next, sales grew more than 25 times while earnings multiplied 275 times. But if you looked at Josh in college, you probably wouldn't have guessed he'd end up going into the family business. He certainly didn't. Josh majored in political science, and after he graduated, he went to work on Wall Street in investment banking at Solomon Brothers, where he was a financial analyst. And after a couple years, Josh decided he hated investment banking and signed up for business school to get his MBA. After graduating from the Kellogg School at Northwestern University, he went to work for Unilever Home and Personal Care Division as a marketing manager. Today, Josh is a partner in Wave Investments, which is a private equity firm focused on long-term investments in the global specialty coffee sector. Josh is also the author of a new book entitled Grow Like a Lobster, which is a framework for no-nonsense business building. The book shares tips and guidance that Josh wishes someone had actually shared with him when he was getting his career started. The book's primary metaphor likens the painful and exhausting process that a lobster experiences with each molt of its shell to the ups and downs that businesses encounter as they grow and evolve. And as we're going to get into it, it also applies to the ups and downs in all of our lives. Josh, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am ready, Andrea. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. And what about being caffeinated, Josh? I am all loaded up on some natural processed Ethiopian coffee that I brewed just a few moments ago on a V60 pour over. Oh, my so God. So I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean, a natural processed Ethiopian? 
So the way coffee fruit is separated from the beans is done in two different ways around the world, sometimes with water and sometimes with sunlight. Natural processed coffees are the ones that are separated or dried on drying beds in the sun. Tends to make the coffee a little fruitier and a little more berry-like in flavor. Mm, very nice. And the pour over, what was the number that you used? V60 is the name for a little thing that you pour hot water through with a paper filter just to make one cup at a time. Yes. Very easy. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I was doing the pour over and I found, I think the paper was affecting, I know it was affecting the taste of the coffee, even though I was using organic paper and I just stopped using it and I'm now doing the French press, which is beautiful. Huh. Yes. Both methods are beautiful. I enjoy them all. I like to move around too between different ways. (laughs) Well, speaking of moving around, we should also tell our listeners that after you sold your next brands in 2016, you and your wife and your three daughters moved from the US where you had been living to Florence, Italy, where you are now today. That is correct. I am very fortunate to be here in beautiful Tuscany. (laughs) Mm, Amazing. And I know it's beautiful, but we should also tell our listeners that we are doing this interview at the very end of April 2020, and the coronavirus has pretty much upended the world as we know it. What is the situation like right now in Italy? We have been under lockdown here in Italy since the 5th of March, really effectively, when schools were closed. And we've gotten kind of used to it at this point. It is a very bizarre feeling to be restricted in your movement, but we're learning to adapt to it. My family is all getting along pretty well. And we have reason to believe that as early as next week, there'll be some loosening of the restrictions where we may be allowed to move about a little more freely, go out for runs and things like that. So we're really looking forward to that. So wait a minute, you have not been allowed outside to go running? Not for several weeks now. The restriction has really been you leave your house only for essential tasks like grocery shopping or medical health conditions. Restrictions on running have been in place. There are even drones floating around over certain neighborhoods making sure people don't move around against the restrictions. It's been quite an experience. Oh my gosh. Well, I know we are not going to emerge from this pandemic the same that we went into it because I think we will appreciate so many things, not the least of which is being able to go to work. So let's dive into these 10 espresso shots, which we are framing around the coffee business, right, Josh? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm ready to go. Excellent. So what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into the coffee industry? There are a lot of different opportunities in coffee. They range from becoming a barista, where you can really get into the industry and start to experience and interact with the customer. There are also a lot of nice entry-level sales positions, selling commercial coffee to hotels and restaurants. Hopefully, they will all start to reopen after this coronavirus time. There are also some pretty interesting marketing opportunities, young junior positions to communicate the value of a brand and whatnot. So there's lots of different places you can go and get into the industry. Love it. And maybe I should also ask, because I think for someone like me, who loves to drink coffee, but isn't an expert in the industry, I'm thinking fairly linearly, what are all of the different types of companies that are out there that touch on the industry beyond just sort of the production of the beans themselves? 
it's perfect. In fact, my business, Ernex, was a perfect example. We never did anything with coffee proper. We made detergents for cleaning coffee machines. So we were an essential supplier to the coffee industry without ever having to actually brew or make coffee. And along with that, there are companies that make coffee machines, accessories like that V60 and that French press we talked about earlier. All the different filter manufacturers as well as people that do very interesting things with travel mugs and cups and things, paper cups, paper supplies. So the coffee industry may be about coffee as we know it, but the what they call allied products that surround the coffee world are filled with all different industries and lots of different opportunities. Are there particular websites that aggregate the various coffee-related companies or are there I don't know, online magazines or things that you would direct young people to check out. Absolutely. There are two or three. One is the Specialty Coffee Association, which is a global organization supporting all the different coffee. So as a manufacturer of cleaning products for coffee machines, I was involved and a member, my business was, but also there would be individual baristas or coffee trainers who are teaching other people how to be baristas or members. There's another organization called the National Coffee Association, which is for slightly larger companies, which may also have more opportunities for job seekers, larger commercial roasters like a Starbucks and that size company. Okay, terrific. So Josh, what is a useful hard and soft skill or skills that you look for in the young people that you hire? For me in hiring young people, it has always, number one, been about writing and passion. So writing skills, people that can communicate what they want to tell you and how they want to tell it to you in a clear and concise way are the most important skill. On top of that, passion to work and to learn and to engage with the community was the other thing that I always found deeply important. Wonderful. What about someone's major? Is it a deciding factor to get into your profession? And if so, what do you think are the most useful majors to have? I really don't think your major matters at all for the coffee industry or for even some other industries. I was, a, as you said earlier, a political science guy who ended up in investment banking and then ultimately selling soap for cleaning coffee machines. I think writing skills, it comes back to that and having an interest and a willingness to take on new challenges and get involved with something. Coffee is a very passionate industry. People are in it because they want to be, because they enjoy being around the product that they savor every morning. Mm, Absolutely. As I sit here savoring my cup of coffee. (laughs) What about a graduate school degree? And this is less so, Josh, for somebody who's starting out in the industry, more so for someone who wants to perhaps run a company as you did or be in the C-suite of a company. And if so, I know you got an MBA. What are the most useful grad school degrees to have? Yeah. I mean, for me, an MBA was really a chance to compress a lot of learning that I might have been able to adopt or incorporate through other professional experiences. I got the MBA really to change careers. I was not enjoying life and investment banking. And the MBA was a chance for me to quickly pivot. Within the coffee industry, a graduate degree can always be helpful depending on what role you may aspire to achieve. But it's also an industry with a lot of people that have not had extensive levels of higher education, have had different levels of experience, but they've gotten into it because it's something that's very important to them and they've found a way to make a career out of it. And that's what makes it a very special collection of people. Nice. What about life experiences, Josh? So these are the things that 
we can do when the coronavirus isn't alive and well outside of the classroom, maybe outside of our homes, that would be useful for someone to have who's starting out in this field? Well, I think in terms of life experiences in coffee, it's about understanding the brewing process, understanding what's important. Maybe there's some nice online courses to be taken to get a sense of what it's about. For me, it's really important to understand the audience of who you want to work for or who you want to sell your product to. And for that reason, although I really wasn't into coffee before I got into my business, I spent a lot of time trying to just engage with the industry, visiting coffee shops, learning how to brew coffee properly, what it meant to decide on one origin or another. So I think getting into an industry that you like and enjoy and learning about it really gets you further along the path to finding your career. Yeah, I think at one point you actually went and spent, was it two or three months in the Pacific Northwest? It wasn't quite that long, but it was several weeks, yeah, to immerse myself. And hanging out in coffee shops, talking to the baristas, getting to see the vibe in these different coffee shops. And I think you traveled around to different states, right? I did. I traveled all over. And for anyone that's seen the movie Tommy Boy, do you remember that with Chris Farley? Yeah. So a lot of my friends, particularly from business school, joke that that's what I was doing, traveling around the country, trying to get the customers back. And hopefully I survived. And that was a wonderful experience. Oh, it was a great movie. Very funny. So besides drinking the coffee, Josh, what is the best part for you of being in this profession? Oh, the people. Just amazing human beings in coffee. It's sort of like these are people who have found their dream jobs. They're living in a place that is special to them, whether or not they get paid for it or not. And it makes it a really wonderful collection of human beings to interact with, whether you're selling something to them or buying something from them or not really transacting at all, just being around them in the industry. So I recognize that you are no longer with Yernex, but When you were the CEO of the company, what was the part of that job that sucked the most? Oh, it's the same answer as the last question, the people. Okay. (laughs) That's one of the most difficult things is being a CEO, is managing and prioritizing and directing and responding to the different wants and needs and desires of your team. And it can be hard. It can be draining. It can be emotionally stressful, but you get through it. Yeah, I always found as a manager that it was easy to manage people who were high performers. Not everyone is a high performer. Some people are, or maybe they're just new. And so it takes more effort to bring those folks along for sure. Josh, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Probably don't be afraid to say no. You can't always do everything or push yourself to try everything, but you can take the time to understand what you want to do and what's important to you and say no to the things that would be nice, but you basically don't have the energy for or the bandwidth to pursue. Yes. There are some people who it's very difficult to say no because they want to please. And Mm -hmm. that's a wonderful quality at the same time, but it's not great for that person because as you said, you're going to get drained and you won't be able to bring your best self to the job or home. Exactly. Two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, you mentioned Tommy Boy, (laughs) or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, or books 
do you think accurately depict this profession? There's a really nice documentary. I believe it's available on Netflix called Barista. And it follows the path of, I think, six or eight baristas as they compete for the United States Barista Championships and the opportunity to go to the World Barista Championship. And it really shows the camaraderie of the industry, the opportunities for young people to pursue themselves and become experts at preparing coffee and also interacting with a global environment. So it's fun. It's a good watch. Love it. And what do they have to prepare in this competition? Yeah, there's an event called the World Barista Championship, and Ernex was the sponsor of it for many, many years. It is the world's best baristas from each of 50 or 55 different countries. After winning their national championship, they go to a global competition, and they each have 15 minutes to prepare four espressos, four cappuccinos, and four of a signature drink and present it to judges explaining the origin of the coffee and the flavor connections. And it's quite a performance and quite an amazing event to see 55 national champions come together at a celebration, really, because it's nice for someone that wins it. But I think also the ones that don't win really have an unbelievable experience getting to travel somewhere for a competition and meeting their peers. Yeah, that sounds great. I've actually waited 15 minutes just to get one drink. So that's pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Final espresso shot, Josh. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about the coffee industry? I think you'd probably be surprised to learn how open and welcoming the coffee industry. You might expect it to be a warm and friendly and joyful group of people, but it's even more than that. I mean, across all sectors of the industry, this is a group of people that like being there. A lot of them don't even refer to it as work. It's sort of like, it's not really work. It's part of my life. And that's a special part about it. Oh, that is fantastic. Josh is the author of the book, Grow Like a Lobster. It's a framework for no-nonsense business building. Check out show notes to get a link so that you can buy it. Also check out show notes to see if Josh's main time for coffee interview has already dropped. That's where we're going to get into how Josh built his career and built it in such a way that he's now living in Tuscany, Italy. Josh, thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me in the T4C community. I hope you and your family stay safe and healthy during this crisis. The same to you. Thank you, Andrea. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.